Welcome to the Inspired Energy Podcast and the special Roaring 20 series, where we connect with inspiring leaders, experts, and coaches as they reflect on the past decade, sharing their insights, tips, stories, and lessons. And then we look to the upcoming decade, where we discuss their hopes, dreams, goals for their areas of expertise and also the broader humanity. So grab your dancing shoes or your favorite drink as we head into the Roaring 20s. Welcome, Charlotte, to the podcast as we head into another decade. I'm so looking forward to talking to you about well-being and digital well-being. How are you? I'm really well. Thank you, Murray. How are you? I am fantastic. I've um, been loving these conversations I'm having with people about the past decade and what's coming up for this decade and hearing yep. all their insights. And I know connecting with you, you've got a lot to share as well. And um, I'm actually really looking forward to this 2020s and what they hold for us. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think um, I actually hold a lot of faith in the youth, to be honest, for, 20, for, for 2020 and beyond. I think yeah, there's okay. a big consciousness that, uh, that the youth can bring to society. So I'm looking forward to seeing that really unfold. Yeah, me, well, I think in the last few years, we've certainly seen a lot more activism around climate change and around um, inequality and people standing up and, and making sure those voices are heard. When mm. you think about the, the youth and what's going to be ahead for them going forward this next decade, um, what do you think are going to be some of the, um, I guess, the challenges going forward? Well, I, I kind of think that there's going to be two sort of t two types uh, there's going to be those who have really been fortunate enough to understand um, the brain, understand themselves, understand um, what modern day life really holds. And then there's going to be the other, the other sort of group who haven't had those opportunities to understand those sorts of things. And they're not going to be privy to understand. It, it, it's like diet you know, and, and smoking. A lot of people just did it and they didn't realise. Well, I think there's going to be a group that, that don't realise the impact that technology is going to have on our brain, on our eyes, on our muscles, on our mental health. They don't realise how, how um, sleep is such a priority for life and for mm. the ability to actually thrive in life. And so by just by pure unawareness, they're not going to prioritise sleep or they're not going to prioritise downtime or switching off or, um, you know, time in nature just simply because they don't necessarily know. Um, and then there's going to be that group that, that, that do are privy to that information and have the opportunity to actually take the time out and to do those things and to be, you know, to socialise with people who are like-minded in that sort of way. And I think that they're really going to um, you know, take things forward. So it's a bit of a, a mission for me to, for anybody who wants to hear about it, to, to let them know these things, because I think everybody has, um, yeah, everyone has a right to information. Yeah. Um, they don't have to take it up, but I think everyone, you know, has a right to know what they're doing <laughs> when they, <laughs> when they actually involve in these sorts of technologies or, or deprioritize sleep and that sort of thing. So yeah, and I, I actually know that in the space that you play in working with different organisations and helping them improve their culture and that understanding of digital well-being, 
that there's a big um, push in a lot of organizations to share that information with people as well, which is great to see, isn't it? That it's not just something that's outside of those initiatives within organizations. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the push for it, even in the last sort of five years, I've noticed has really, well, even in the last three years, to be honest, Murray, mm. that, that it's, it's really everyone's starting to get on the mental health bandwagon. And it's not just a stigma of, um, you know, let's just stop depression and anxiety. Yeah. Um, it's, hey, we can actually have well-being. We can actually go to work. Or here's, here's a thought, let's go to work and actually be better as a result of going to work. Mm. <clears throat> you know, let's let's improve our, our mental well-being by actually going to work, and that's um, that. I think is really cool because that taps into people tapping into their meaning and purpose. Yeah, and I think imagine a world where it's not we work five days and then I'm just living for the weekend for those two days, but I'm actually loving going to work each day, and I feel better when I go home each day, not worse, and I'm just then waiting to to go and party on the weekends. Yeah, and I think it's it's even more pertinent now as we move into the twenty twenty. Because flexing is you know is is on the increase, um, and just by having technology, you know, being able to access having work so accessible, the lines are blurred as we know. Yeah. So um, it's yeah, it's it's we've got to navigate this really carefully. There are some people. So for me, I'm. I like to sort of go in and out of, of things. It doesn't, it doesn't really bother me. I sort of put this hat on, I put that hat on, and I, I kind of do it um, seamlessly. But, um, you know, for, for other people, they're, either, they're all or nothing. They're like, today I'm, I'm, on, I'm in work mode or today I'm in friend mode or parent mode or whatever mode. Um, so I think it's, it's, yeah, people are going to really work with this differently. And I think organisations have to be really mindful mm. of, you know, how we, how we navigate those, those blurriness. But I think if people have true meaning and purpose, then that helps a lot. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Now, I want to come back to thinking about the upcoming decade, but also yep. I want to just tap into a minute with, about this past decade. The, yeah, right. Yeah, and what that's been like for you and some of those things that we can celebrate and acknowledge. Because let's be honest, there's not enough acknowledgement and recognition in the world. Yeah. When you yeah. think about the past decade, what's some things that stand out for you that let's take the moment to reflect on and celebrate? Well, for me personally, a lot has changed. I'm in the time of my life where um, I got married, I had kids, my career went from, you know, um, me sort of just absorbing, absorbing, absorbing to actually providing um, and, and, and actually being able to sort of give back. Um, as well, and it sort of finished with me um, being in a, in, a, in, a, in a bit more of a mentoring capacity um, with some of my colleagues, and and that's been a huge growth yeah, uh, wow. for me, and pretty cool to kind of go back and be like, wow, I'm actually the person who people <laughs> <laughs> people ask now. Um, so that's 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 been a really big um, uh, movement for me. Um, I think. Uh, organizations have have gone through um, a pretty a pretty big um, growth I think just tapping back into our conversation before about well the, just the the focus on mental mm. health and well-being um, I was I was very much in the safety um, as you know in the safety industry and that was you know that changed um, the decade before, yeah. and I think it's being solidified this decade, 
Um, but what I've seen, and maybe it's through the work that I've been, you know, doing, but is safety is still there, but it's more common. Like it's, it's, it's people, it's not just, a, it's not just, oh, you're doing safety now. Yeah. It's no, no, we are safe. You and know? I love the evolution when you talk about safety, that it's not the physical safety. I yeah. know t- 10 years ago, it was, oh, what are we, how are we managing our risks, uh, managing our hazards to make sure people go home physically safe, fingers and toes. Yep. There's now, if you can say safety in a corporate based environment and people think about the psychological safety, Absolutely. which I think is fantastic. Yeah. And we, uh, the uh, program I was working with, we were talking about this notion of being safe to be well and mm. well to be safe because you can't have one without the other. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and, and especially when you sort of think about the psychosocial factors as well that play on that. So um, it's a really juicy, uh, juicy area and we're, we're only sort of putting more and more focus into it and I think everyone's benefiting from that. So, um, yeah, there's been a huge transition for organisations to really think about that. Yeah, and how does it feel, going back a second to the mentoring sort of sensation, and you, you had a bit of pride talking about that, which is fantastic. So, so how does that feel when you share your knowledge and experiences with others now, your work colleagues and other people? Well, I've always, I mean, I've always um, thought of myself as more of a, a coaching kind of person, someone who, you know, who gives, but I guess I never really thought that I had much to give. <laughs> um, it was more sort of a listening thing. But um, I, can, I can really see now that, you know, I guess with juniors sort of coming up, um, in the role of facilitation, when I, when I facilitate workshops, things that I just feel a common sense or just, just a natural thing, mm-hmm. it's actually taken a good decade of hard um, repetition and focus and practice <laughs> for, me, <laughs> for me to actually get to that point. So... Um, having having juniors sort of come up and 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 you know helping them understand you know facilitation 101 kind of thing um, has yeah it, it has it's been I, I think it's been a a wretched of the journey that I've been on but also this idea of there were so many people who helped me get to where I am and, mm. and now I get to do that as well so um, yeah that's yeah. pretty cool yeah it is I, I can hear that from you as well. And I think it's great to acknowledge that and that you're passing on that knowledge, that experience. And mm-hmm. as you said, and like a quote that we've heard before, sometimes after treading the boards, you need to do that so much as a facilitator to actually yeah. experience it and to actually really understand that and pass that on. So it's yeah. great you're doing that. Yeah. Um, any lessons you've had in the past decade that stand out to you that you're happy to share? Uh I think, and I was reflecting on this because I'm, you know, all about sort of setting intentions for the for the for the new year. But I think when I'm true to myself, mm. um, that's when things work. Yeah. Um, and um, what does that look like for you? It means it means that I honour what I need. So um, motherhood has been a very very big um, adjustment in terms of I used to do a lot of physical exercise and a lot of um, you know, just stuff for myself, basically. <laughs> like anything. Um, and when you become a mother or a, or a parent or whatever, you know, that time gets less and less and less. Um, and the importance of prioritising that. And so I've had a big journey um, 
I always talked about, yeah, you've got to put your oxygen mask on first and you've got to, you know, look after yourself first, but it's really become apparent. Mm. Um, if I'm not, if I'm not going, if I'm not working, nobody else is. Yeah. Um, so I've really, I've really started to become okay with prioritizing what I need. So I need to go to yoga or I, I need to do, um, you know, exhibit A, this, this podcast this morning. <laughs> you know, I need to do these things because it makes me, it's, it's meaningful for me and it makes me happy and I've got to yeah. be okay with that. And um, that helps other people. So that's being true to myself. What do I need mm. um, to, to, to operate in, in, in Charlotte? You know, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> a quote I heard last year that I absolutely loved, and you're reminding me of it right now, is self care is not selfish. Yeah. Well, it took me so long to work that out. Yeah. Um, and I still struggle with it. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's, it's not selfish at all. Mm. Um, in fact, it's selfish, not it's, yeah, it's silly not to. <laughs> yeah. And particularly when you frame it up that you've got people in your life that need you, that you need to care for, that you need to provide for in some way that if you don't look after yourself, how are you able to do that for them? Mm. Um, and, 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 and even when you think about it from a work perspective as well, um, one of my one of my dear colleagues, she she's a real giver and she's a real, um, you know, goes a hundred miles an hour, um, and has spent sort of the last year, oh, sorry, the last couple of months, um, actually quite debilitated through through some illness and and that sort of thing, and she's not able to 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 give yeah anymore, um, yeah. and so it it is it's that recognition of now a lot of things were going on there, but the you know the thing I'm pulling out is. If if you burn yourself into the ground, you can't, yeah, you can't you can't do what you want to do. Yeah, so. certainly one of the biggest lessons I've got in the past decade, and I think it links to a lot of the things we're talking about at the moment, is listening to your body, and mm -hmm. those little signals that your body gives you that something's a bit off and not quite right, whether that's mental, emotional, or physical. And quite often, as humans, we just push through and we keep going. Yeah. But actually, listening to those signals and taking action on them sooner. Yeah, and they're there. <laughs> yeah, they're there, and let's listen to them because when we don't, we push push through. That's when we get to a situation of um, being so unwell we can't actually do the things we want to do in our life. Yeah, and it's not about slacking off either. Um, I was I've done a lot of reflecting lately, but I was <laughs> I was in a yoga class, and you know the, the the teacher was sort of saying don't don't push yourself too much or whatever, and I was just thinking, yeah, I think that's a really it's a it's a really good thing to think about, especially in this world when we go, you know, we just on that treadmill the whole time, but also something that I'm working with is knowing when I'm taking the kind of the easy way out as well. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just a fine, it's a fine balance between pushing yourself to kind of strive and thrive and not burning out. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I always, I always like to think about taking that with a pinch of salt. It's like, yes, you know, be kind to yourself, but also be kind to yourself by, by, by really sort of pushing yourself as well in a way. Okay. So if someone's listening to this conversation and they're thinking, um, okay, I feel so busy with parenting, with my partner, with work, with life. Um, how do I actually do something about this, this sense of being on the wheel and go, 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 but I'm not looking after myself. What's a tip that you've got that you've realized that you would pass on? Prioritize sleep. Okay. So that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs>
having having have it ripped from me for like the last six years. Um, no, I think I mean I think if you if you have a good night's sleep, everything everything works works better, and you're able to do better. Um, like you're you're able to challenge yourself in a healthy way more when you have had that rested sleep. Yeah. So I think um, yeah, the one thing that I would I would say is prioritize that sleep. So I give myself a sleep curfew um, because I find it really hard. The only time I get to see my husband is, you know, for about 10 minutes at night time, basically. <laughs> and I, 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 you know, sometimes TV is like a way that we, I know it sounds stupid, but a way that <laughs> we connect because we just sit together and we just go, Oh my gosh, what a day kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but sometimes that, that eats into my ability to go to sleep. So what time's your curfew? Mine is nine. Nine? Yep. Yeah. And what time um, are you getting so up? That I can be... uh, well, five, five thirty. Yeah. So I'm 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 similar. I'm nine thirty. Uh, but I seem to wake up five, five thirty as well every morning. And even yeah. just recently in this sort of holiday period, stayed up a bit later to watch a movie or other things, I still get up, my body clock is five, five thirty. And honestly, it is such a and a magical time of the day, you know, that early sunrise time. It is. Mine's not so magical. Mine's sort of um, screaming with kids. But um, <laughs> I, look, I, I, I can't wait to, to have my miracle morning back again. Yeah. Um, and it's, just, it's just not feasible at the moment because my kids sort of wake up. Um, but, uh, you know, I have faith that, that, that it's going to happen soon. They're going to get to that 6am mark and I'm going to have at least 20 minutes to kind of meditate by myself or go out for a cheeky run at the beach. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's the whole, the whole point about mental fitness is um, we all have different things in life that sort of provide different challenges. And it may not seem horrendous to, to hear that you've got um, kids who wake up at 5, 5.30. But for me, it is because I usually have the more, well, before kids, it was all about my morning. Mm -hmm. And I'd go and do the exercise and I'd get in the right frame of mind and I'd just, you know, I, the, the rest of the day sort of unfolded. Whereas um, now I, I, don't, I don't have that, which is why I need to prioritise my sleep because that, you know, that's going to get me, me through that. But it's also sort of saying, I've got this great quote that I keep sort of saying in life is pain is temporary, um, but, but glory lasts forever. And, and it is, pain is only this sort of pain that I'm feeling right now you know, with the kids that are waking up and ruining my morning. Um, <laughs> it's, it's only temp, you know, it's, it's not going to last yeah. forever. So yeah. I just have to find other ways in the day to get what I, you know, would get out. I also think it. what you're saying is focus on what you can do in the situation you've got right now, focus on what's in your control, yeah. but yeah. also who is in your life that helps you do that. So um, I know in our house, what we, we talk about is, um, well, okay, so with three children, with my, with my wife, well, what's the conversations we need to have to create the environment so mm. that we can all be at our best? And what does that look like? Um, and, and I can imagine this to be a conversation you have in the near future. My youngest, who loves his devices, mm -hmm. I say devices, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. he, he'll get up at 5.30, but it's no device until 7 o'clock. Yeah. And yeah. we let that slip and then we can see the impact it has on him. And so we then say, okay, now bring that back. So I guess what mm -hmm. I'm thinking about is it's such a conversation that needs to involve everybody, not just I'm looking after my sleep, but not everybody else. Like mm -hmm. how do we all support each other in that is really important. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I think when we get um, lost in the day to day or we just sort of go, um, go along in life, you, yeah, you need that map. Mm. You need that map to guide you because otherwise yeah. it just gets a bit too, yeah. It does. Now, looking forward, 2020s, roaring 20s, maybe some cool clothes, cool hair, maybe prohibition. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> hey, possibilities out there. <laughs> they, they, they are, they are. What are some of your um, hopes or goals for the next decade that you're have you put out? I've had some conversations with people in this series where they've been putting out some personal goals um, as a way to sort of make it real. Mm. Um, or it might be career goals, or it could be just some hopes you've got for the work that you're doing going forward. What does that look like for you? Well, I, um, I have, um, I'm going to start the, the sort of the school system soon with my daughter entering school. And I see myself as being a quiet role model. So I, I want to, uh, I really, I mean, okay, let's face it. I really, I really want to change. <laughs> I want to, I want to change this, this, this need for um, everybody to be overcommitted mm. and um, being the best at everything. And I think that if we can just help everybody uh, tap into our strengths and, and see how we can sort of develop our strengths further and do it in a way that's not going to overcommit ourselves yeah. um, I think when we have so many and I, I'm you know I was one of those overcommitted children and I think it worked to a degree because it kept me out of trouble um, and it helped me sort of prioritize things but there wasn't a whole lot of time for downtime yeah and um, I think that's really important especially as we're now competing with um, technology and and those sorts of things we, we really now more than ever need to help um, our children and help each other give the give our brains the time it needs to 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 make those memories to consolidate mm. those memories and to to innovate new things yeah that only happens when we have that white space yeah we're going from activity to activity um these kids are exhausted we're exhausted taking them there um and you know dinner gets pushed back a bit later homework gets pushed back a bit later sleep gets deprioritized yeah. and it's that that sort of vicious cycle mm. so Whilst I'm, I'm, I definitely think there's, you know, there's room for people to, to notice, okay, what are their strengths? What are their really big interests? Let's, you know, let's nurture that and commit to, you know, I'm, I'm not against sort of um, extracurricular activities by any means, but it's this, it's this busyness. It's yeah. this, you know, oh, we need to do, um, you know, this code of football, this code of, um, you know, this musical interest and this and this and this. It's sort of, I'd like to think, that I do, and you can check back in with me next yes, year good, good. Uh, to, to sort of um, to go, okay, what, you know, let's just choose a few things and, and sort of get really good at that. And if, if, if you want to change your mind next year, it's sort of just trying to, to nurture grit a bit more as well, sticking to something and, and building on that. Yeah. I, I, I think we're totally aligned in parenting approaches there. And I, I agree with you. I have had conversations with some parents over the years where, I hear what's in their calendar and not just the busyness, <clears throat> but the rushingness that comes with mm -hmm. that as well. Like we're going to this, then we've got to rush to that and we're going to rush that. And mm -hmm. they're filling up mm -hmm. all that time. Mm -hmm. And I, I totally agree with you that that importance of white space of mm -hmm. doing nothing or actually 
having some just time with the children or the children being by themselves is so, so again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I totally agree with that. And um, I think that starting that off um, while your daughter's starting high school, or sorry, school now, mm. is mm. such a, you know, start, start early and start those habits early to go along mm. with, as opposed mm. to trying to create those 10 years from now. Yeah, but I think I think it starts with the parents as well because yeah. we're you know we're so busy doing there's I mean work is just it can just take up so much time yeah. especially because we've got we've got the ability to work from home and everything it's just all we all we tend to do is is um and I you know I speak generally but it, it's all consuming and yeah. so we're always rushing to a meeting or to a work or to this or to that and it's and it's really putting the onus back on on us as the adults and sort of think, okay, well, how can I create white space for myself? Mm. And, and that, that generally rubs off on, on people. Yeah. It has that full effect. I totally agree. And I, I am far from perfect as a, as a father um, and get this um, moment um, recently that I just want to share where my son said to me, I'm bored. And I said, good. I'm yes. Glad. Yeah. Um, Rejoice in that. Son. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. And he's like, what do you mean? And I said, well, like if I was, if I said that to my parents when I was um, his age, it was like, well, go outside and play, you know, off you go, go and play in the street on your bike, whatever it is. And I think that too often these days, it's easy to slip into, well, what can I give them? What can I feed them? What mm-hmm. sort of um, mm-hmm. bit of attention can they have? a device or whatever it might be so that they don't feel that boredness. But that being bored creates space for reflection, for creativity, for innovation, whatever it might be, mm. um, for them to go searching for something as mm. opposed to just giving it to them. Yeah. And you think, you know, you've gone out to, to, to lunch or, or something with someone and they've gone to, to pay or they've gone to the toilet and you're sitting there, you know, what do you do? Do yeah. you sit there and, and sort of just blank out or do you reach for your smartphone or, or whatever and it's... Yeah, more often than not, yeah, it's on the phone. Yeah. And, and you so, see it on public transport all yeah. the time as well, yeah. Yeah. So linking back to what you're talking about earlier and that digital well-being, um, yep. what do you see as some of those things we need to be really mindful going forward? I mean, that's a real simple tip right there is don't go for that first um, instinct to pick up the device when you're by yourself. Mm. But thinking about these this next decade and the digital impact, what are some of those things that you think we need to be really mindful of? Uh, I think doing one thing at a time. I think it's it's really hard in this day and age to 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 be okay with doing one thing at a time. We need progress. We need to achieve. Um, but I think doing one thing at a time helps us do it better, um, and helps us yeah be more effective. And it also um, it, it's what our brain is is structured for. Mm-hmm. So um, we can certainly do a few things at a time, but we're just we're just toggling our attention. Yeah. Um, when we're, we're not we're not we're not able to do two things at, at once so not multitasking doing one thing at a time and um meditate in your own way so you know there's it doesn't we don't all have to sit and be a yogi on a rock on a mountain um but it is helping our brains focus our attention so mm-hmm. for me the most easiest thing to do is is just focusing on your breath and that has an amazing uh, impact on your parasympathetic nervous system. So yeah. helping people to actually um, engage in that 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 calming 
that's yeah. going to, to, to happen when you do a deep breath. But it also helps um, train your brain to focus on one thing at a time. And you can do that by sitting on a rock in a mountain or you can do that while you're going for a run or a walk or while you're listening to music or while you're waiting for your coffee. It doesn't have to be in the traditional, you know, sense of being a yogi. You can just tune into your breath at any given moment and that's going to help your, your brain um, focus its attention. And, and a phrase that I've learned in the last few years is active meditation. I previously thought it was I had to go and sit on a rock and close my eyes and, and be in that perfect pose, cross-legged to meditate. But no, this idea of active meditation, like you're talking about, focusing on your breath while doing an activity. I've heard people say it's when they're washing up the dishes or yeah. when they're vacuuming the floor or they're in the garden or whatever it might be. But it's that, that focus coming back to them on that one thing. Yeah, well, we're all different, different strokes for different folks. And I'm different at different parts of the day as well. So yeah. sometimes I like to sit and just stay still, but other times I need to move. So yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm going to give you the opportunity to hire a sky writer and they're going to put a message across the earth. And this yep. message is everybody's going to see it. Everybody can read it. They can't avoid it. What is this one message you would love everyone to see? and um, to get to help them be successful in the next decade? Wow. Um, I, think, I think it's... Um, um, I think, I think to, to, to give to give meditation a go in its own form, because um, we're, we, we really need to look after our brain um, and our mind. And the way we're gonna do that is by, um, by giving it some time to, to actually do its job. Um, and if, we're, if we're, we've got technology and we've got busyness, then we're taking that job away from it. So, I think in meditate in your own way, I think is, is possibly one of the key messages. Love it. And that's totally different from all the other ones I've been talking Good. and getting from people, <laughs> <coughs> but a beautiful one. I think it, it, I, I like the not meditate because I can imagine people seeing that on the sky and going, yeah, yeah sure. But meditate yeah. in your way, find your way. I love that. Yeah. 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 And, and that empowers people again to, to focus on their strengths and what that might line up for, for them, um, for yeah. the way that they want to, to, uh, to get back that focus. Um, thank you so much for all your knowledge and sharing and inspiration and tips. It's been amazing connecting with you, Charlotte. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the conversation. It's been very fun. No, that's no trouble. Now, where's the best place online for people to find you and find more about what it is that you do? Okay, well, my Instagram um, is, is quite active. So Charlotte Jamison is just one word, is my Instagram. Um, but I also have a web page where you can find some blogs on charlottejamison.com. Great, fantastic. We'll share the links to those in the show notes and it's been awesome connecting with you. I'm going to check in with you at the end of this year to see how you're going with your, your goals around parenting and busyness and, and balancing that. Yep. Um, Excellent. And of course, um, wishing you the most successful 2020s coming up as well. Thank you. You too, Muzz. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thanks, Charlotte. See ya. See ya. Bye-bye.
Thanks for listening. If you got something out of this episode, make sure you share it on social media, hashtag Inspired Energy, and also use the hashtag Roaring Twenties. And look out for the next episode of the Roaring Twenties podcast series.